Welcome to the Hereby Call podcast, where we focus on preparing the called and reminding the returned by sharing life-changing experiences from serving the Lord. Sit back and relax because you're listening to the best podcast of this dispensation. We just had so much fun, but at the same time worked our buns off. I'm having so much faith and like just super stoked on missionary work, period. But not only that, on like a personal level, you helped me... Um, listen to like the right voices like if you're stressed out and you're scared to speak Spanish for instance I was terrified to mess up he's like just have faith dude like things are gonna work out who cares if you mess up like just don't listen to that voice listen to what God wants you to do and that's like share what you're feeling oh. and trust him you said he was welcome back it's Jordan and Zach and today we are joined with Bryce Harper Smith. Bryce, how you doing? Good guys, stoked to be here. We are stoked to have Bryce. Bryce is a videographer. He is a man I've known for a long time and he's worked with long time. A long, long time. Yeah, you guys have you guys go way back. Like two decades probably. Anyways, he's worked with a handful of artists, um, the Jurgies, Ben Christensen. Um, he worked on the Chosen series. If you've seen that, it's the life of Christ. And um, he's also, random fact, he is in Jabari Parker's Instagram. He's in one of the posts. It's true. Our mission president got really mad at us. For really? That, <laughs> yeah. that was the coolest thing. I was home for my mission. I was like, no way. Because Jabari was like, all right, let's, uh, we'll take three photos. One was serious. One was like smiley and the other one was goofy. And of course he posts the goofy one. And it looks like my, my companion's constipated. And I forgot what I was doing, like peace sign or something. Present color was. How did he uh, find it? Uh, he follows Jabari Parker. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably. No, I think it was a ward member that let him know. So so Jabari was in Milwaukee. So what was the name of your mission? Uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and mine was Spanish speaking. So what, like backing up, who, what influenced you to go on a mission? I think I just always wanted to go, honestly. It's weird. Like I know a lot of people struggle with it, but it was just always there. I don't know. So you've been waiting your whole life to the year before the age change. So you had to leave at 19, right? Yep, yep. And you get your mission call and you open up and it says Wisconsin, Milwaukee. First thing that popped in my head. Yeah. Yeah. I was a huge Suns fan. Milwaukee Bucks. <laughs> terrible. <laughs> I was pretty bummed, honestly. But I think the reason was is because at that age, as you're getting your calls, as all your friends are getting your, their calls, you're like, man, I want to go somewhere cool. But the truth is Milwaukee was perfect for me. So I loved it. Absolutely loved it. You go to the MTC. What was the MTC like? MTC, I was the last of the nine weekers to learn Spanish. So everybody bef after was six, six yeah. because of the age change and the huge influx of missionaries. So, so that was normal. Yeah. Nine weeks I, I can't normal. remember if I was in there for six did, weeks or nine did weeks. Did you serve in Provo? Or? No, I went to the Sao Paulo MTC. Oh. Nine weeks sounds like a long time. It was terrible. <laughs> the nine weeks. Was I mean, long. first two weeks was great, but then it's just like. So, the MTC, short for Missionary Training Center. For anyone that hasn't been there, it is you go to classes all day, and they're teaching you how to become a missionary and how to learn a language if you're foreign speaking. Um, but 
as you can imagine, there's like some cabin fever and like some craziness. Like you just get antsy. What were some of the creative things that you did to stay sane? <laughs> well, I would say I was probably on the timid side compared to a lot of missionaries there. <laughs> we we had had other people talk about the Narnia holes. Mm-hmm. Did you experience any Narnia holes? We did. All the leftovers you could think of. I feel like that's what we put in ours. Like if, if we stash something from the cafeteria, ew, that sounds gross, but I, I'm pretty sure we stash food in those things. <laughs> like like mashed potatoes or like... Like wrapped in tinfoil? I think so. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Jordan's looking at me like, that's too far, man. I was like, man, like that was not the... Uh, you know, like any candy. Dis- any discoveries though or... Cause oh yeah, yeah. The day okay. you discover, we're like, oh, this is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like the first day, and you're like, wow, maybe this is cool. Maybe this is a cool. <laughs> There's place. more to this place. Huh. It's like a no. treasure hunt. Uh, I remember someone put invisible ink all over a room. So at night, you turn off the lights, and it was like a black light. So we're like, what the heck is this thing? And then you turn it on, and it. I don't remember what it said. Like they had left scripture. The, they had left the light there too. Yeah. <laughs> Just the light. All they left was the light. So that's kind of cool. It's like a treasure hunt. It's like, uh, it what's is. that movie with Nicolas Cage, National oh, Treasure? National Treasure. <laughs> You're like running around the MTC <laughs> looking for the the lost papers that Martin Harris lost. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyways. It was good though. MTC was a long time. So you, you leave the MTC and you go to Milwaukee. Assume you've never been to Wisconsin before. No, no, no. no. What, what were your first thoughts and like kind of first impressions on the city? It's gray. It's very gray. Just like, well, you got this in the winter. winter. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There was no color, I remember. But also in the like summer and fall, it's gorgeous. But no mountains, no mountains at all. So you come from like Arizona where you have these like directional mount. You know that this way's east because Red Mountain's there. Right. Yeah. But there it was just... Green trees everywhere, everywhere. And it's probably like your mission a lot. Yeah. You get a little claustrophobic. Cause yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, yeah. And that's interesting that there is no point of reference to like which way is north. Like you're the highway overpass is the highest point kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, what were your thought? Like, was there any new foods you tried or like what was different about the culture compared to the Southwest? Yeah. So my trainer was from Hawaii. He's Maori. And other uh, Kanaheli, it was amazing. Probably talk about him in a little bit, but uh, I remember one of our first dinner appointments. We're in this. First of all, I had I learned Spanish in MTC, but I did not learn Spanish once I got there. You know, I'm sure. It took you, you nine. Years. I was there for nine weeks. Buenos <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> But first night was menudo. Oh, menudo? really? Yeah. What's That's the, stomach, what's, isn't what is it? Menudo? Yeah, stomach. Okay. Tripe. Yeah. Is in English. Okay. It's like stomach a stew. Lining. Yeah. But they prepared it in a weird way. It was like strips of fat. It was just spongy. And they gave you a stack of tortillas. And you just you just kind of made it. it. Yeah. And and we didn't want we hated it, but we didn't want to <laughs> hopefully they're not listening. Um They are. What's their last names? But yeah, it was it was disgusting. And other kind of Haley was forcing me to eat more, like telling them that I loved it. Oh, and like you what know, a good companion. Of course, I was gonna move. say, yeah, of course. So that was like probably my oh, and then also, so I went English after a year, and uh, this Korean lady made us fish soup one time, and that was disturbingly gross. Like like say. the whole fish, like eyeball and 
I don't know, man. <laughs> just, <laughs> just, so just a different, <laughs> different taste. Yeah. So, th so bad. those are kind of the more foreign things that you experience. But what about like, you know, common to that area? Yeah, I, the cultural like, thing. Like when I think of Wisconsin, I think, I think of cheese. cheese. Yeah. Honestly, like cheese curds. Have you but why? But curds? why cheese? Dairy. Is there dairy? A lot of yeah. cows out there. Tons of cows everywhere. Okay. Um, brats like crazy. Eat a ton of brats. They make brat burgers. Ooh. Oh, that sounds good. They're pretty good. Um, they care about their brats over in Wisconsin. They like whip out the. Well, I'm sure too, because I'm sure with a lot of dairy and a lot of cheese, you have like a lot of meat. Yeah. Right? Well, they're all like Polish descent, German. Okay. Okay. So it's very red meat. Lots of red meat. So tell us more about your trainer. What what trainer. made him? You said he was had had quite an influence on you. What what made him so influential? Um, it's a hard question. He uh, when besides, I, besides forcing you to eat. Yeah, besides <laughs> forcing do. me to eat menudo, grossest thing on earth. Um, he was unstoppable. I'd say like uh, we just had so much fun, but at the same time worked our buns off. And uh, I think that part of it alongside of him having so much faith and like just super stoked on missionary work period. Like it was contagious, but not only that on like a personal level, he helped me um, listen to like the right voices. Like if you're stressed out and you're scared to speak Spanish, for instance, I was terrified to mess up. He's like, just have faith, dude. Like things are going to work out. Who cares if you mess up? Like just, don't listen to that voice. Listen to what God wants you to do. And that's like, share what you're feeling oh. and trust him. And you said he was Hawaiian, right? Yeah. He's Maori from New Zealand. Okay. He lived in Hawaii. Yeah. He lives in Hawaii. Was there a lot of, cause when I think of those people, I always think they're just like the nicest people. Oh, so, like there's a lot of love that comes with that too. Lots right? of love and lots of singing. Really? <laughs> Some karaoke. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's also, that's true. I think every, like native Hawaiian or, or it, I don't know what Polynesian it is, like that I've Pol ever met. Male sing really Polynesians good. have the most beautiful voices. Oh yeah. And I'm over here just like, like <laughs> he posted a, he posted a, a video on Facebook the other day. His brother's giving his dad a haircut and they're all singing this beautiful song. You could, you'd probably start crying. It's so good. And that's just like normal for yeah, them. Yeah. yeah. Just, it's like, they're just chilling and singing music. <laughs> but George was to this day, the biggest, one of the biggest influences in my life for a lot of reasons. Um, but sadly we were only companions for two weeks. Oh, wow. Yeah. So he had that big of an impact on you. Only and two you, weeks? You still keep only in touch with weeks. him too, right? Yeah. I just, we just talked last week. Really? That's awesome. He's got three kids. I mean, yeah, he's, he's a man, but yeah, wow. we were only two weeks, man. He got emergency transferred, not because of him, but because a different elder got sick. So I was devastated, man. Oh, and you guys, that's like barely enough time. I was going to say like, you guys don't know Bryce. I know him really well. Uh, you talk about Elder Conaheli all the time. Yeah. And to know that it was only two weeks, but you, yeah, can, you can have that big of impact on someone. That's crazy. Yeah. Two weeks. So, was, yeah. So he gets transferred away and then how did you, I imagine you're still in your first area and now you have to bring someone else in and kind of show them around and you've only been there for two weeks. Yeah. Two weeks. Dead of winter. And like I'm talking dead of winter, like Wisconsin blizzards, stop signs are just covered in snow. Like you're out there trudging away in negative degree weather. It's gnarly. And uh, on top of that, 
obviously Spanish, knowing how to teach the gospel. And uh, yeah, I got a companion that I was probably pretty hard on him, but I was also comparing him to this human being that I put up on this pedestal, you know? Mm. But we saw crazy miracles. Also, that night that George left, our top investigator died. Oh, bummer. And I was just... What I, is going I was crying. on? I remember oh, crying. that's rough. Well, uh, not only that, you're like... For me, well, you were Spanish speaking, so it's a, the, there's a culture change. You're in a okay. different location, and within two weeks, you like... It's almost like you're, for lack of a better word, like a little baby, right? And so, like, your trainer... I still talk to my trainer to this yeah. day, and we were with each other for one transfer, but, like... I could, dude, if you got taken from me after two weeks and I got my second companion, like I would have, it would have been, my mission would have been a lot different. That's crazy. It was. So it you're, was. you're, it's two weeks. Your trainer is taken away. The investigator that you're teaching passes away. Like what, what'd you do? Like my first miracle. Yeah. I was super attached, you know, just gone. I was so bummed. <laughs> <laughs> I remember calling the assistants and like, yeah, I'm pretty sure what I was you, crying, but I was like, can I just please call Elder Connelly? Oh, <laughs> really? I need some. Oh, you just wanted to talk to him? Yeah, I mean, I was, I was, that was really hard. And how long did he have on his mission? How long was he out? George, I think maybe six months. Okay, so you guys months. saw each other throughout the mission? Oh, yeah, Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah, we were good buds. So after that experience, like, how did the rest of your first transfer go? Um, really, really good. Um, my second companion, we had our hardships, right? Like some companions, it's just hard to live with or yeah. it's Every hard to teach with, different. you know, yeah. like it's not one person's good or bad. They're just different. And in the moment it's terrible. Yeah. But like after your mission, you're like, <laughs> Dude, oh, that was nothing. Yeah. That was fine. You I know? yelled at him cause he didn't clean the microwave. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny because that's true. Yeah. Dude, I hate it when you don't do that. Dude, our bathtub filled. So we were at the basement. No, we were at the main level and the main for the whole apartment broke and everybody's poop came into our bathtub. <laughs> oh, in your bathtub. Dude, that's gnarly. It's so gross. That's filthy. <laughs> so then after my my favorite uh, investigator passed away, our bathtub filled with poop. We had to go live on some floors. You know, it was just, it was a rough. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Wisconsin. That sounds crappy. <laughs> yeah. So. But on the other side of that. Yeah. You said awesome. that it was still awesome. There's some yeah. miracles. Like what, what experiences early on did you have that kind of helped you, I don't know, shape the rest of your mission? Yeah. Um, there was this family, uh, Bernadina was her name and she had, sorry, five young kids all under the age of 14, I think at the time. And uh, we got to teach them weekly. It was a member referral. Um, they were super prepared. I have no idea what was said in the lessons, but I remember how I, was, I felt. My my companion was a really good teacher. The members that we'll come taught out. with us yeah. were incredible and just so loving. And I, it was my first experience teaching a family, I would say. And like seeing... Like the kids were so crazy during the whole lesson, right? But knowing that what you were doing would affect them, hopefully, you know, I remember you know, on your mission, you have these really, really sacred experiences and you come home from your mission and people are like, yo, how was it? And it's always like a quick answer. Oh, it was great. You know? Yeah. And then they, they're gone. But like 
the experience I had with that family, I don't share like lightly is, is very sacred. I was, I didn't know the language at all. Scared the heck out of me, honestly. Remember I'd space out in lessons. I would pay attention to the spirit. Like, all right, what do I need to learn? Cause I can't teach these people. Or I would say, I know Jesus lives kind of thing. And, uh, something, this was the first time it happened to me, but something interesting that happened on my mission was God communicated to me through dreams. Mm-hmm. And uh, this necessarily wasn't a dream because I wasn't asleep. Well, maybe I was asleep. I don't know. In a lesson. No, but uh, yeah, I, I remember kind of bouncing back and forth to my companion and Bernadina and the members, you know, as they were teaching, trying to follow along. And, and this is your dream, right? Or this, you're talking about the lesson? This is during the lesson. Okay, okay. Yeah, I I remember looking at Bernadina and seeing her life just like going fast forward, how the gospel would like bless her. And then all the little kids running around, like them having families and, you know, just that expanding into what it could become, right? And uh, I think that was probably, I mean, it was a huge tender mercy for me because at the time I was struggling with, I mean, it's depressing not to be able to share what you feel inside you, you know? Yeah. So that was a huge... You, you can't even speak the language. Yeah, and it was it was difficult. But that was a huge uh, tender mercy from Heavenly Father to let me know that he was still there. Like, you're doing you're doing what you're supposed to, man. Just, just hang in there. Like, things are going to work out. This is why you're here. I'm going to show it to you. That is cool. You're blessing this family. Relax, kind of thing. Did that help you to be more maybe bold or open with who you try to share the gospel with? Um, at the time, probably not. I mean, you knew me before the mission. I was very shy, very timid person. Uh Um, it took me a while to get out of that box and like really, really enjoy my calling. But I would say that that was like the first step for sure to like, Bryce isn't going to be shy anymore. Bryce is going to tear it up, you know? Tear it up. He did. It was fun. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> so tell us about, you had that experience. What about, what, what was your second area? Second area was Green Bay, Wisconsin. The Packers. The Packers. Are you a big Packers, Packers fan now? Yeah, man. You, like you have to be or else. What's their quarterback? I don't know. Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> yeah, Aaron Rodgers. But Green Bay is a really, really culturally awesome. Like the people there are so into sports, man. Oh, I can And imagine. the team is so and into it, the community. And the, you have a decent, they're decent. They're yeah. a good team. Yeah. Right. It's not consistently like. Consistently okay. Yeah. It's not like the Arizona Cardinals where it's like, they're consistently disappointing. Even when they, <laughs> they are good. It's, even when they sneak into the Super Bowl. That was a cool year. <laughs> well, but, yeah. I mean, yeah. but that's like, that's like flipping. I don't know, man. It's like flipping a coin. Snowball chance in Ajo. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Arizona pun well, for you. What'd you like about Green Bay? My first companion was the most quiet. Uh, what's the right word? Loving, super quiet, loving. He was a native from Mexico. So he's from Pachuca, I believe. Yeah. And, uh, did he speak any English? Hardly. Really? That's awesome. Like very broken. I love that. So it was funny because I'd be like, Elder, I think we need to talk to that that person. But I, didn't, I wouldn't know how to talk to him. 
<laughs> Other men is go. <laughs> see, see. <laughs> but he taught me a lot, uh, patience and stuff. And then, um, uh, let's see. My next companion, Elder Gibbs, we were both under six months. Spanish, white as white can be. The green in fire. a Spanish area. New missionaries together. Yo sé que. Yeah, that's basically <laughs> <laughs> That's so <laughs> We had, I mean, probably, eh, I mean, missions have great miracles, but this is one of the top ones for sure. We were out. My mission was huge in tracting. Um, obviously, like being effective is important but we would get to know members and then go out and hit it hard. Right. And, uh, it's just most of the Latinos lived in trailer parks then. So we would just track trailer parks all day long, all day long, every day. We came across this family. Um, it was pretty normal. Like first contact. Yeah. Come back. We'll have a lesson, you know, um, like next Wednesday or whatever we walk in next Wednesday all their kids are in like dress shirts. Oh, really? Arms folded, sitting on the couch. The parents, everyone's hair is like perfect. <laughs> They're all just like so cute. Just waiting for oh. us to be there. Um, the Maceda Luna family was their name. And yeah, the first lesson, what what we were focusing on a mission as a mission at that time was your investigators need to read the Book of Mormon from the beginning, like don't tell them to go read Mosiah 4 if they haven't read. Like random scriptures inside. Yeah. Uh -huh. They need to hear the stories of the Book of Mormon. Start a sacred study. As we as missionaries started a sacred study, our investigators need to. So that was our challenge to this super rad family. And uh, our follow-up appointment, the mom had read First Nephi 1. The dad didn't. So we sat there and we read. First Nephi one. Thanks, thank heavens, because we uh, probably couldn't have taught the first lesson <laughs> perfectly in Spanish yet, they but we could read. There you go. Um, but that whole lesson. So we read First Nephi one, and as a young missionary, I was like, "Come on, First Nephi one." You've read this two hundred times. Yeah, that's like the you always start there. What are we gonna teach from this? Like, you know, I was naive, but uh, we got to. Brother Macedo was just so quiet during the whole thing. And, uh, so you don't know if he's liking it or not. His head was down. Couldn't you like, could get a read on this guy. No, we, we, we were asking him questions. She would answer. He was just like face down, arms folded, just looking down the whole time. Did he look angry or just wasn't engaged? Couldn't even tell. Yeah. Okay. It was like that far out of the lesson. So we thought. So we, uh, we get through the, the chapter and, uh, he looks up and he's been crying the whole time. Oh, wow. What the heck? And, uh, he said nine years ago that day he had the same dream where a man came down and handed him a book. And the whole time he was staring at the book of Mormon, like just crying because he knew that that was a book. Really? Yeah, it was unreal. Wow. Yeah, I got goosebumps. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> it was crazy. And I, I just remember not, like, I could bear my testimony. I could teach in Spanish somewhat, but just the feeling there was unreal. Like, this is this is a miracle. And me and my companion looked at each other. I remember we were just like, we just wanted to hug each other or something, you know? Because... Even though there's, there's, there's even a language barrier between you and your companion. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's... <laughs> it, 
that's the craziest thing is hearing about your mission is, I don't know. I just, for all my friends that serve foreign or foreign speaking, I seem like, yeah, like they picked it up and like, the, it's like, no, like for months you didn't understand anything. It was really hard. Mm-hmm. And, um, I don't know, you probably question your faith or your, your ability or, you know, the help that you were going to get. But that's so awesome that you and your companion one didn't continue with the lesson. Cause if you bail someone out like, Oh, well, we'll just move on anyways. It's like, no, like they're not picking up. You always read that, the, the, the sign lesson if they didn't follow up. Yeah. Yeah. And there's also times on your mission where you're like, this dude is totally not engaged and you would have like wrote them off. But then to hear that this dude's been crying and that he has had this massive revelation. You're like, yeah, this is awesome. It's crazy. Like literally nine years ago that day. Yeah, that dream. Wow. So did they progress and get baptized? I got transferred. So you're not sure? Not sure. Wow. Either way, the fact that you got that spiritual experience is... Is what I needed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Something I needed for sure. That's something that like young missionaries probably should understand is that some miracles are for you too. To just like keep you pushing forward, you know? Yeah. And it's not necessarily like where you might have measured the success of that lesson in a baptism mm-hmm. where it's like, no, there's no elder Harper Smith. You needed to feel that, you know, yeah. I keep you going. There's an yeah. undeniable spiritual experience. And that's, that was a success. Well, so, let me ask you this. Has that, has that experience helped you in uh, throughout your life? Oh, I think so for sure. Like I post mission. Yeah. Um, I, one of my favorite things to do is teach the youth and, that's one of my favorite things to share is that story because of like, it wasn't, it didn't lead to a baptism. Maybe it did, but it was straight from first Nephi chapter one. And it was exactly what these people needed. So I don't know. It was, and it was something that's carried with me forever. So, and that seems like a, a good analogy for teaching the youth in that I worked with the deacons and sometimes you're teaching a lesson. I'll, I'll say this, like 99% of the time I taught a lesson, I felt like they were like that man. Like, are they getting anything? <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're, they're not even looking at me like totally. what's going on, but you like, you have no idea what, what, you know, what message what's is sticking and what's not. Yeah. It's true. Tell, tell us about the word become. Yeah. So when I was with Elder Conaheli, I don't know if he brought it up. Maybe he had written on his board or something. I was just like, this dude was a superhero for me. You know, <laughs> I was like, Oh, that's a sick word. But uh, it it really stuck in my head and uh, like, what did it mean to become or what did I want to become, you know? And at the beginning of my mission, I felt like I needed to make that, that goal, like in permanent marker, this is who I wanted to become within two years, right? And uh, I took my mission very seriously. I was very timid at the beginning, but I I really wanted it to be something special and sacred for me, right? And... uh, I think the word become is like a lifelong process, obviously, but when you set your mind to becoming somebody, God allows experiences to come into your life that guide you down that right path. Right. I don't know. I, I was just really obsessed with that word. I really wanted to become something from my mission, like have it become my Zion. Right. In Spanish, Mision is my Zion, and I really wanted that. <laughs> I think 
describing that it's like it it doesn't end here. Yeah. It's forever, you know? And right now is my opportunity to pave forever. To capitalize on it. Yeah. Yeah. Passion's amazing. It's definitely a a deeper level of commitment the word become. I think of the song I'll go where you want me to go and the very first verse is I'll go like physically I'll move to what to wherever you want me to go. The next verse is I'll say what you want me to say. And then the last verse is like the final step of a conversion, you know, or turning your heart to the Lord. Like I'll become, I'll be what you want me to be. Yeah. So that's awesome that you had that, that desire to change. Yeah. And we can all have that desire, right? Yeah. It's something. And I, I hate that we talk about the mission, like past tense, like, yeah, that's cool that you could have that experience. Then it's like, you know, you can have that. Yeah, I need to do that. We we all need to become and, and be better. And like last night, Ken's and I, my wife, we were reading uh, Messiah 7, I think. Yeah. When, uh, Hammond. Yeah. Like the same God that led the people, you know, like that same God is our God. And so we should expect nothing less. And I kind of had that, like, as I was reading the stories in the Book of Mormon, my mission present was huge and like have a sacred study every single day of the Book of Mormon. But what it turned into me, for me, is like, I can live these stories in my life. They can happen now in my, on my mission. Like I can expect these things and they happened. I think they can happen for anyone. Even now, like we're all married. We have kids. Miracles still happen. Yeah. I love that you said I can expect these things. Yeah. That's huge. Like the, what was it? Future tense. Yeah. Like DNC 8210, like I, the Lord am bound when you do what I say. So it's like, all right, I'm keeping the commandments. I'm doing what you said. And you said you'd bless me. So I expect it to happen. And it will, but like, if you're not going to have faith, like, eh, I don't know, Even if you're not, <laughs> I might get blessings. Well, it's well, really, then. it's really hard to be, as they say on the streets, one hundred. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's hard. Yeah, it is like you can obey the commandments to the fullest extent of your ability and still lack faith. Totally. You know, I'm, I'm maybe not your, your faith will be stronger than a lot of other people, but you can still suffer with things like sure. that. There's. Uh, prophets that have not necessarily suffered with faith, but you know, had depression and stuff like that. Like you're, it's still going to be tough. Oh yeah. It's, yeah. It, it's a com having these emotional struggles and trials are a common that that's, that's part. I think people think like discipleship is like, I'm above it all. It's like, no, it, that's part of the process. Yeah. Like you suffer. Totally. So it's part of it. After you, you have this amazing experience with the Luna family and then you said you were transferred. Yeah, I got transferred to Sheboygan. <laughs> Sheboygan. Sheboygan. It sounds cool. What were your thoughts? I was amped. Really? Yeah, I was like, why? Um, had on, you heard anything or? Yeah, well, I so Sheboygan had a nickname called Shabagdad. Like, <laughs> <laughs> nothing was going was on. Was that there. just by missionaries or was? Yeah, it? just by missionaries. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, they they didn't necessarily mean it as like this area is terrible. You don't want to come here, but it's a war zone. It's slow, you know, Mm. but, um, I went there. I was the oldest one in a district of two Hmong elders, two English elders, and then us two Spanish elders. And I was just over six months and I was the oldest one. And, uh, we were all so young and just super stoked it was just the perfect recipe for some good times, not good times, like losing our dignity and being disobedient, being disobedient. But like we, 
It was amazing. Sheboygan was amazing. And not a lot of Latinos live in Sheboygan, but we found them for sure. Nice. It was super, super fun. So were you called as the district leader or as the oldest? That was my first. Yeah, it was. I was excited about that because like I said before, I was really timid and I wanted to push myself. So I was excited to to do that, to try that, be something new, I guess. What were some of the, the early lessons that you learned in leadership serving as a district leader? Um notes like you take all these notes for your district you know you're just like oh district <laughs> meetings gonna be so amazing <laughs> and then you get there yeah then you get there and it's like eh, it usually doesn't go that way but you did your time to prepare so things work out but uh i don't know just it was so much fun to be in like be a team with all those others and uh just really like we just wanted miracles and there were some pretty cool ones there. Pretty, pretty cool. Are, are there any that you can share with us? Yeah, I'll share one. I don't remember. Um, uh, so I was training at the time, Elder Brand, Taylor Brand. He was, he was amazing. He was really like me at the beginning, right? Like I, I didn't know the language, but I pushed my companion to do things that I felt, you know? And uh, he was very much the same towards me. And uh, I remember he felt prompted that we should go. We had like 10 minutes in between appointments that we should go to these apartments. It's the apartments with like the like row of doorbells on the outside. Oh, yeah. yeah. You, know? you got to buzz like, yourself in. Bzz, bzz, and and you just like, hope someone answers and lets you in the you're door. You're like elf Christmas tree. And he's like. <laughs> <laughs> hello, hello, hello. Yeah. But. First one, nothing. Second one, nothing. Third one, maybe it wasn't the third. It might have been the fifth or the sixth. I don't know. But we were, we hit it. We were walking away and someone answered like, hello. And we started speaking Spanish to him like, we're the elders, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Can we come in and share a message? Whatever we said. We were nothing, like nobody responded. And then the door opened. We're like, what the heck? This is cool. If this person doesn't want it, at least we can knock all these doors now. <laughs> We're inside. <laughs> it's probably illegal, but whatever. Um, yeah, so we we walk in and this, this uh, trying to remember where he was from, Honduras. He was from Honduras, this little Honduras guy. He was really good at English. So um, he's, he comes around the corner, elders, 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 come in, come in, come in. So we go in and immediately, I don't know why, but lots of people cry when they feel the spirit, obviously. And. He, uh, I guess he was on his phone. He was a inactive member for 20 years. He was on his phone looking up an address um, for a church building in Sheboygan. Like that day? That No, like, like seconds. When you oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. His phone died. We buzzed, came in. Walter was like this really, really incredible man. Um, he's not active now, but he... Uh, yeah, it was just like a really special moment for Elder Brand, I think, and for myself. We got really, really close to Walter, and uh, the ward just embraced him. And yeah, like we, he came and taught with us a lot. He was just a an instrument for that area for a while. And yeah, it was just really cool. You know, those 
moments where timing's just like way too perfect to yeah. not be huge testimony that Heavenly Father knows his children. Yeah. He knows what they need and, and he'll send you to them. They're ready. They're ready out there. And I think it's like he had already been baptized. Yeah, years and years ago. <laughs> you know, so it's like he knows everybody. You know, sometimes you're not out there just trying to throw people in the water and get them baptized. You gotta help people who have lost their way every once in a while. Well, like uh Amulek, you know, he, he was kind of like an Amulek for us. Just helped bring in a lot of people and unite people that may have felt left out in the ward or, yeah, it was cool. What what advice would you give to missionaries that I feel like maybe the focus is definitely on like baptized people, mm-hmm. but that are working with less actives? I think that's like maybe even more important. Because if you think about it, they have friends that aren't, not that it's like all about getting baptisms or whatever, but people like less active members, I always think of the story of Emulek because, I mean, it doesn't necessarily say that he was an inactive member, but he kind of resembles that kind of yeah, he, person. He like, felt this, it, what he says, like he felt called, but he like just wouldn't respond. Yeah. And uh, I mean, Emulek performed crazy miracles for missionary work, so. That's kind of how we looked at them as mis- as missionaries in the mission. They're, they're amulets. They're amulets. Yeah. That's awesome. Great testimony. Yeah. So you said there's a couple miracles in Sheboygan. Was there anything else you want to talk about or should we go on families, to? Families, families, just fam. There, we taught a lot of families there, and that's always fun when you can teach families. My mission president and mis- and his wife were – their famous saying was eternal life is family life and that we should be focusing on families. So it was just really like one of their promises was if we as elders and sisters, um, partook of the book of Mormon daily in a sacred way, we would teach families. And so it was just cool to see all that come to pass nice. in Sheboygan. I'm looking at pictures Chicken of Joe's Sheboygan from. and it looks Pretty like big, but at the same time pretty small. Yeah, it's a little surf town. Surf town? Yeah, people surf on, on the Great Lakes. Yeah, really? It's like the one of the best places to surf on the Great Lakes. You get like like during the summer, there's waves month, and winter. stuff. Winter? No. Look it up. No. Look it up right Sheboygan, now. Sheboygan, Sheboygan in the winter. Yeah. Surf. Have you never heard of the beard? Well, I've heard of like surfing surfer. in Michigan. Who, that yeah. the dude's all like frozen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. similar. Like straight, there's people surfing and there's ice. Yeah. But there are there is swell that comes through in the summer as well. But I mean, they're still in wetsuits. So there's these. Is it it's a like a surf community? Yeah, I like, mean, there's some longboarders out there. You know, they're really, super they're cool. Wisconsin. They yeah. they probably like only In and Out Burger. Yeah, and they have they wear flip flops during the they wear flip flops. <laughs> they have a little California like community. Yeah, you know, plant some palm trees. <laughs> No, it breaks right on the lighthouse there. And yeah, I'm looking. Freezing. I'm looking at these pictures. I that looks nuts. Everybody's like in huge wetsuits, beards all frozen and stuff. Ice. You must have just. You guys don't know Bryce. Bryce is a huge action sports guy. You must have loved that. Yeah, they did a lot of kiteboarding there in the summer, and I would just go like on P days or yeah, just watch them. And yeah, like we'd just chill on the beach. Yeah, that was the other cool part about Sheboygan is our area had a beach. Nice. You can't but, get in the water. So after Sheboygan, what was your next area? Appleton. Appleton was my first, right about year mark, yeah. Right about a year mark, and uh, I was super bummed again. 
Why? Because I was finally getting Spanish. In Sheboygan? In Sheboygan. You're getting it down? Yeah, I was fine. Like conversational Spanish outside of lessons, you know? Uh Uh-huh. My, if any of my companions are listening to this right now, they're probably laughing. They're like, Elder Harbor Smith never got Spanish. But <laughs> I was feeling good about myself. And uh, I got called to an English area and I was super bummed. But good thing I did because, yeah, that's where I met Sergio and Becky. And Sergio and Becky are probably the coolest story in my mission, the coolest experience, like by far. And, uh, yeah, it was, how'd, how'd you meet him? Yeah, let's, let's hear it. Okay. So I'm not going to tell you. Guys. I was like, like <laughs> it's too cool for this podcast. <laughs> Maybe next time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's been an hour. Um, no. So super bummed. I'm going to an English area and, uh, which is I like earlier in your mission. If they're like, Hey, you're going to English. You probably wouldn't been like, yes, yes. <laughs> There is a God. No. <laughs> um, yeah, the first, we literally pull our car into our parking spot at our apartment after transfers. And uh, we get a phone call from this guy, Chris Speak. He's in the car driving from Minnesota to Appleton, Wisconsin. And he says his brother-in-law needs a blessing. So we like, yeah, he comes and picks us up at like 8 o'clock. We go to... Uh, La Quinta Inn in Appleton and walk in and there's Sergio on the couch with his head down. He's got, I remember this, he's got a beanie on and uh, looked really, really down. I don't know how much I should share, but he was very depressed. He, he's, he suffers from depression as do I, as do a lot of people, right? And uh, he was just super, super down. And, um, yeah, we walked in, he called on me to give the blessing. First of all, he was Spanish. So I was like, wow, this is neat. And he, yeah. he is a member, correct? No. Or his brother was? His brother was. Okay. Okay. And his, his wife, sorry, I should have said that. His wife was an inactive member. Okay. Him. So he, he, he knew what a blessing was. Yeah. Cool. But we explained it to him and then he called on me to give the blessing and I just remember, man, I forgot to share one other thing, but, um, I remember putting my hands on his head and just like the spirit saying, you know him, like, you know him, um, back in green Bay, I had this dream where, um, I was going, it was a really dark room and with lots of stairs. And I could see like there are these giant doors with light beaming through the cracks. It's like I like that was my goal. So you could see the stairs. That's where I wanted to go. Yeah, I could see like the outline of the stairs. The stairs were eroded, messed up, uh, dangerous. Finally, I got to the top. It was really hard. And I remember opening. Like the doors were super hard to open. I couldn't do it by myself. So someone helped me open the doors, and it was like. Um, like heaven, I would say it was my mind's depiction of heaven. And I saw Bernadina and her, her family, like that first family in Milwaukee, they all ran up to me and gave me a hug, gave me a hug. And then there were all these other people that I couldn't see their face and they came up and gave me a hug. And when I, when I gave my, gave that blessing to Sergio, I knew that he was like one of those people. I was like, you know him. 
And so that was kind of the start of this incredible journey with Sergio. He would, uh, he was hard. He was a hard little booger. Been, been through some <laughs> tough times. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, we had a good time though. He, we would come prepared with a lesson and the spirit would say otherwise right away. Like he would, he would literally have a dream the night before about a story in the book of Mormon, like word for word almost. So we'd turn to that page, start reading it, start teaching from it. Spirit was really strong. We teach like by the sacrament table in the chapel, called it the power, power corner. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, yeah, it, it would just like turn into this series of like Sergio had a dream. We teach him about his dream through the Book of Mormon. Then we teach the plan of salvation and how it can bless it, you know, just everything woven t- together. And they had lost a child and mm-hmm. gone through a lot. And so the plan of salvation was huge for him. But long story short, Sergio and Becky are sealed and to their beautiful daughter. And wow. Yeah, they're That's super amazing. Rad. They're amazing. Shout out to Sergio. Are you still in contact with them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I talk to them all the time. I'm a really bad texter, but... Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Becky. And uh, yeah, but we we keep in touch. We're good friends. This is a random story that has to do with Bryce texting. And I'm going to throw it in there because we're talking about Bryce. Uh But we actually, we served our missions a year apart. I think to the day. I think... Yeah, yeah. December 19th or whatever. 20th, something like that. 21st 21st anyways i me and bryce were hanging out in priests and i mean we didn't hang out much but enough we, we had a good relationship and i go on my mission you know like anyone else i turn off my cell phone i come home from my mission it's been two years and we turn on my cell phone and there's a message from bryce what does it say and it's just like hey man like I don't know. You're just thanking me for like my friendship and oh, yeah. you're excited for me to go. And it was like just the sweetest little text message. And you know, you didn't text him back. <laughs> that I, I was like, well, he was on his mission. Well, that's why I ghost you now, Jordan. Oh, he, he was on <laughs> That's what it was. No, you were on your mission. I was, yeah. I, so he sent it to you hoping you would read it before you went like and you day, turned it off. I turned it off. It's it was like, probably like right before you got set apart or something. He's like, dang something it. like that. Yeah. <laughs> no, Bryce actually, we, we wrote each we other wrote, a little yeah. bit. I remember you sent me paper that had your picture on it. Yeah, that's what his mom, his yeah, mom yeah, does. Yeah. That. Okay. If, his hey, mom does if you're that. a cool missionary, you send someone a monogram with like your own face on it. Yeah, yeah. it's like super Or have opaque. your mom <laughs> set it up. Yeah. Super awesome. Yeah, we, we wrote a lot. And I think even when I was on my mission, we wrote. Yeah. Emailed at least. Yeah. So after Appleton, we're, oh. and we don't talk about positions much but i know you served as a district leader was appleton a zone leader area for yeah, you yeah i was and then milwaukee ysa you were the assistant yeah i was what and we can talk about leadership if you want or not but what was it like to serve with ysa ysa was hard for me honestly i didn't like high school i didn't like like there that was just, crowd yeah yeah i had a hard time but I had really good companions and I had like a, I was very close to a lot of the members. And one of my favorite things was, uh, street contacting in the YSA. We would literally go on university of Michigan, split up to where we could see each other. Like campus. Yeah. Oh wow. Just hand out book of Mormons all day. It was awesome. 
was really, really cool. Uh, there's this one Asian girl who didn't know who God was. That was one really cool miracle of University of Michigan is people who come from China, we teach them, they could accept the gospel, right? Taught a lot of people how to pray, taught a lot of people who felt God for the first time. You and know, these like, are college students? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're some of the best people to teach. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. But I was there for like six months and it was really, really fun. Stretched me in a lot of ways. It was good. What a, being an assistant and every mission's different because sometimes you're traveling half the month, half the yeah. transfer, you're gone. Um, were there any experiences that you had? I don't know. Did you like being an assistant or was it, I don't um, know. Some people feel like, oh, it slowed me down from like just doing missionary work. And Our mission president made it really clear that we would have to be the, like he expected us to be the example of the mission. Mm -hmm. Like if we weren't baptizing, then nobody else. You, you can't expect. Yeah. Say. Yeah. Like you can't go preach what you're not doing. Right. Um, but like I have said, I was very, very timid and being called to getting that phone call stressed me out so much. Yeah. I was, I was very, very scared. <laughs> were you scared to work with the mission president or were you more scared to present talk. in front of people? Talk. Yes. Talk. Okay. Talk. But I was the kind of guy that spoke when I felt like I should. And I felt like that's just who I was. So I learned to become comfortable with that. I wasn't good at small talk or just chatting away. I don't know. But um, I I actually really, really enjoyed it for the reason that it helped me get out of my shell. Mm. It really, really did. So it pushed me a ton. I remember the second week I was in the area was mission leadership training. And I was, pr I was probably like 14 months, which that uh, means, 15 months. That means Bryce is going to be training all the tr leaders, all the zone in, leaders in, in, yeah. in the mission. So it's kind of a, it, it's a, it's a big lion's meeting den. for you. Yeah. Lion's den, man. The lion's death. <laughs> it was scary. And uh, yeah, I remember being so, so scared about that. But the funny part is my mission president's wife was also very, very nervous about speaking. So we were very close. Kindred spirits. <laughs> Tell us about the, the Cutlers. What, what did you love about the Cutlers? Um, what I loved about the Cutlers is it's hard to say all of them, but I think they were a huge instrument in changing my life for sure with my uh, testimony of the Book of Mormon and what I should expect as a missionary, I'd say, and um, how important family is and all that stuff, obviously. But President Cutler was very... Uh, he knew all of his missionaries and for that reason I trusted him a lot and uh, he gave promises that were really strong and bold and but they they happened so I I, I loved being around him and learning from him and Sister Color too. Were there any maybe trainings or lessons that they shared that you've held on to this whole time? Um. I mean, having Cal now, just we just had a baby boy. Yeah. Uh, family life is, I mean, eternal life is family life. Like, mm. family's just important to God. Like, being kind. I don't know. There's a lot. Yeah. No, for sure. It's hard to, it's hard to quantify. Like, this is what my mission president did. Yeah. Mission president and his wife, they're both 
They make great cookies. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, there's always something that like sticks with you and it's (laughs) sometimes it's hard to put a a finger on it, but like when sister makes cookies, dude. Oh man. (laughs) (laughs) I think Bryce and I had that in common. I'm remembering. What what kind of cookies were these? Chocolate chip. Chocolate chip. Just simple, but (laughs) just amazing. Yeah. She still makes them for me and Kent. Well, whoever. Are they up in Utah or you see them? Yeah. And uh, Bountiful. Yeah. I see them probably once a year. That's awesome. Nice. But so I got, I I got a question for you. Um, how has the mission, and obviously you said you went into the mission being pretty timid, right? And you work for yourself now and you're put into positions where your networking is very important part of keeping food on your table. How has the mission helped you in your everyday life and professional life? Or what, what, what have you learned that you've applied elsewhere? Remind, on my exit interview, kind of a funny joke. If President Cutler's listening to this, he'll probably chuckle. But uh, he'd ask, what was your most successful way of finding? And most people, like me, it was tracting or member referrals, right? And he's like, well, that's how you're going to find your wife. <laughs> have to knock doors <laughs> yeah get knocked hey you want to get married <laughs> but no I think um, just like pushing myself outside of the box has made me like especially out of that timid box that I made for myself um, has uh, really pushed me to listen I think the key to networking is listening to people and not talking about yourself like just getting to know people and really building a good relationship. Um, and I really enjoyed it. I've, I've loved it, but if I wouldn't have served a mission, I don't know if I could, I'd probably be just a recluse or something, you know? (laughs) Well, I think there's like, just like your mission and you've talked about it, how you've kind of, there's times where you might doubt or you might have a hard time on your mission where you're your, your favorite companion gets transferred after two weeks or you're the one that you're looking up to, you know, in professional life, there's a lot of situations like that, but having had gone through something like that on your mission might've, you know, helps you look at the situation a little bit different. It helps me. I would say like, cause I do cold emails probably five times a week and maybe one will get back. Right. Um, or lots of no's. And I think recovering from that I think I learned on my mission. How to bounce back. Yeah. 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 How to keep going. Yeah. What a no is not that bad. something more ahead. Yeah, for sure. What, 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 what advice would you give to a timid missionary? Because it, and one, I don't think, I think everyone's a little timid. Like I'm just gonna go start talking to random people about Jesus. Like, yeah. Especially coming from high school. Like that's not about your salvation. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But it's, it's a a switch. It's just a small topic. (laughs) Nothing too major. Um, What advice would I give? I'd probably say as hard as it is going to be for you, just relax and let God mold you because he's gonna, I mean, he, you can, you can fight it or you can just let it roll. I don't know. I, I, I definitely fought it for a long time and I started to love my mission when I didn't fight it. Yeah. Yeah. Mission was so much fun. I think of the, the promise and doctrine and covenants where it says, you know, I'll tell you what to say. I'll give you the word to speak. And it's, that's a tough promise when you're in the moment and your companion's been talking for 
five minutes. He's like an elder. Or like so minutes or <laughs> yeah. And then you're like, I well, am, you know, it's <laughs> funny that sometimes you fall on your face or like Bryce, you know, you, you, you freeze up in lessons. Right. But it's like, I don't know. I think sometimes that you have to get, you have to ha- experience that to know when revelation's coming. Right. Like, totally. oh, right. so that's well, what it's like. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, cause I've had a, definitely had a stupor of thought, not in the spiritual ex- aspect, but when somebody turns a lesson over to me and I literally go, uh, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, even and these, gospel principles nowadays when people are like, so what are your thoughts? You're like, oh. uh, 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 have you seen that? Like, I want to, the little kid. <laughs> the little kid. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was me. But it's like having gone through something like that. Yeah. When it is not your thought and it's heavenly fathers and it's revelation, you're like, oh yeah, that is awesome. Mm-hmm. And, and some, then when you say it, it's like floodgates, man. Totally. But some people hang up on that. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I didn't know what to say. I, you know, but it's, it's like, you, even with what you said with your cold emails, there's something else, you know, like there's promises that the, that are there for us. Totally. Yeah. So reflecting back on your mission and I don't know if you want, I thought it was interesting that you got to know Jabari was he Tell us about Jabari. Jabari. Yeah. So first off, I'm not a basketball okay, okay. person. Jabari so who's Jabari Parker? So let me, Jabari Parker. He was on the Bulls for a while. He, he, he was drafted by the Milwaukee Bucks. He's the number two overall pick. Every Got couple, injured. every couple of years, they're like, this guy's the next LeBron. He was one of the next oh, LeBrons. Really? Played for Duke University. He was big he was time. really good. Big time prospect. So he got and he, he, was, he was, I'm assuming he was a member or did you teach yeah. him or something? Okay. So no, he's he a, member. a member. He's a member. Um, I think he was 18 when I met him. I want to say uh-huh. 19, maybe 19. And uh, yeah, Jabari was really cool. I remember the first time I met him, we walked into his apartment and he's like, Elders, I got a problem. I'm like, what? I got too many shoes. And he's got just like this stack of Jordans, dude, just to the ceiling. <laughs> No size like seventeen. Yeah, or yeah we, we can slide our shoes that we have on inside. <laughs> like, of our right? slippers. <laughs> you just wear them as like outside shoes. Yeah. It's funny though because I felt like he was so much older than me, but in reality he was like younger You're than younger. me. You know, so I think it was just kind of like he was a pretty shy guy too. You know, and we we had some good laughs. He was actually. Uh, I'm taught one of our recent converts and would come teach with us. Sometimes we go teach him, you know, we just help him out. He had a, he had a really hard time with church because church became a thing where people would want to come see him because of his fame. Right. Mm -hmm. So he, I think he, I mean, there's just me spitballing, but it just, it seemed like he, uh, he wanted church to be separate from all that. And it was hard to make it that way. Cause he, he really had a good, t- strong testimony about everything. He told us that he felt like he could be a better example, serve, uh, to others playing in the NBA than, uh, serving a mission. Like he could reach out more. So I supported him in all that he did. He was, he was a really cool kid. Maybe with the, uh, goofy, goofy Instagram really? post though. Oh yeah. <laughs> we'll, have to, we'll have to find it. Yeah. We, Zach, funny. you got to put that on our, on our Instagram post. When well, we if you just, if you go to his Instagram, he doesn't post very much. It's on there. It, it's on there. Pretty yeah. easy to find. He took us to some fancy restaurant, spent way too much money on us that night. I, when you're number two draft pick. <laughs> yeah. You got that. Your life changes. <laughs> <laughs> so 
wrapping up. Yeah. How is your mission different than what you expected? You you mentioned the word early on in your mission that you wanted to become someone. Yeah. Who did um, you become? Well, when I opened my call, I was super bummed to see Wisconsin, you know. But Wisconsin was amazing for me. Like it was perfect. It's a perfect situation. The experiences I had, the miracles I saw, the people I met, the missionaries I served with, you know, everything was like the thing I needed. Um, and so, you know, everybody says you don't want to have regrets the end of your two years or whatever. And I tried really hard to not have regrets. And I think like, just like growing, there's growing pains and you make mistakes. So you can't really see those as regrets, but I, I honestly strive to fulfill my calling as a missionary as best as I could. And I, I, it made me happy. It made me super, super happy. It made me realize that the gospel makes me happy. And, um, yeah, I mean, I became a different person, I would say. A, well, maybe not a different person, but a better version of myself than when I left. You have a son. I do. And little he, baby cow. Little baby cow. He's going to listen to this podcast. Someday. Hey, cow. What, what advice would you give him in preparing for a mission? Dang, getting deep there, bruh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I say this to everybody, right? Like God called you, so be you. Don't be afraid to, and my little brother Tristan, we talked a lot about that before he left. And I think he felt strongly about that on his mission too, is you can go and be a robot, but God called you, your talents. Like if some kids are skateboarding on the street, go skateboard. If there's some kids playing basketball, be a friend, you know, go play some basketball, like do your purpose. But, um, God called you there for a reason. Find that reason and just be you. Don't be anybody else. But I think the most important thing is just trusting God. Like He can make you, what is that quote that I just loved on my mission is in the fourth missionary. If you haven't read that talk, you should oh, probably read great it. Great talk. It's like uh, God can, you can make yourself a smudge. He can make you a masterpiece or something like that. I don't remember. I'm not sure. I think it's by Lawrence Corbridge, but great. It's either that or C.S. Lewis. <laughs> it's not C.S. Lewis. <laughs> no, no, no. Like the quote. Oh, the quote. Yeah, the quote. I don't remember. Dang it. Here is the quote. Insert here. We'll uh, we'll look up the quote and we'll okay. put it on Instagram. But anyways, like, yeah, I mean, mission special. You should treat it special. So. Awesome. Wise words. Rice, thanks again for coming on and sharing your stories and your experiences. Thank you, homies. Yeah, we'll appreciate it. Yeah. We'll uh, wrap up with this episode and we will post this on Sunday. Yep. Beautiful. <laughs> Take it easy, guys.